So, Stuart and Lindsay, welcome. It's, uh, I'm really excited about this and I really appreciate the fact you've taken time to chat uh, about yourselves and what you're doing in Scotland. So let's let's get going with, uh, just tell us a little bit about who you are and what you're doing. Hi, Andrew. Thank you for the welcome. Uh, so I'm Stuart and um, Lindsay and I are based uh, in Scotland and Stenhouse Muir and we are we do a lot of things but we are obviously part of Communitas and many people would call what we do pioneer ministry um, but I think the to just to give a basic outline of the things that we do we've, we've just recently renamed our ministry uh, is this it Scotland um, and the at the moment Due to COVID, um, it will be a website which will have a variety of blogs, um, podcasts, and videos, um, which we believe uh, will share the truth. Uh, so it's a, a kind of a website where we can point people to come and hear what we believe uh, about the world, about Jesus. Um, before we get to is this it, we have two other uh, activities that we've uh, tried to put out there in the last few years. One is called What is Truth? Uh, and that was primarily a discussion group in pubs where we would talk about so topics and subjects which would fit quite well on the X-Files or uh, Please Believe It or Not, um, uh, Star Trek, kind of lots of weird and wonderful themes. Um, and so things like Do Aliens Exist? What Happens After You Die? The resurrection, um, Loch Ness monster, even you know any well, of the Loch Ness monster. That that's a good one. Yeah, well, I mean, it's a weird one, right? So <laughs> we we'll never actually <laughs> that, but maybe it might be a good one. Um, so it really was just a discussion group, and we would share a Christian viewpoint on whatever topic, and then it would be open for discussion, um, and it would just be a kind of debate in a, a nice environment. But again, we're going to shift that online as well. Uh, right. The third one is sick promotions, which is sharing is caring, and that would be more your standard kind of music and arts promotion. Um, so events where people would come and play music or read poetry, showcase their art, um, and the whole purpose of that was to kind of um, build community. As much as I don't like the jargon, but build community, get to know people, uh, and so it's a kind of three step kind of process that people can take. They can be expressive and spend time with us and we can encourage them in their art. They can meet with us in pubs or they can visit our websites to see what we have to say about a variety of things. And then if they really want to hear about the gospel, or they can ask us in person or they can visit our website um, to listen to yeah. sermon yeah. talks. So that's the ministry side of things. But we also, with that, um, the sharing is caring was also that we would pick a local charity um, or somewhere where we could um, take the money that we'd raised from the the event and share it between the artists, the venue and um, a charity so that it was kind of split three ways. There was kind of no profit from it um, and it meant that it was, going, it was an encouragement um, to everyone involved um, and also to get away from that stigma 
the the church because if they did know we were Christian or we you know or any of those things that basically all we want is your money actually we want your talent your expression and we want the money to go back to you we want it to feel like it's been in a in a worldly way and in a practical way it's been worth your while Um, and helping other people as you do that and um, that would be you kind of an encouragement in a in a different kind of way and a different kind of expression of how that's done. Yeah, it sounds. This is that you were you were doing this in Glasgow, weren't you? Um, until fairly recently, is that the is that what was happening? Well, we've been kind of working across the central belt um, because that's where we are. We're pretty much right in the middle of the central belt, so we were going between a place called Bathgate, which isn't too far from Edinburgh, and we were in the centre of Glasgow. Um, uh, with what is truth, we did um a couple of events in Glasgow, uh, with and in Bathgate, uh, for sharing uh, for sick promotions, yeah, um, you know, local radio and stuff like that to kind of drum up um awareness of it and um encourage people to come along and be sort of spontaneously creative if they wanted to do that too, um, which was actually really great. Um, so yeah, it's kind of it's been central belt between kind of Bathgate and Glasgow because again, with Stuart and I being, I, I guess the word would be alternative, um, to go into a pub that's known for its sort of alternative culture, music, things like that. The place where we used to hang out, um, when we were <clears throat> younger, <laughs> and um, catch gigs and you know, have a drink and meet up with friends and stuff like that. We felt it was a natural place for us to go. Um, it was called Nice and Sleazy's. Um, the walls are graffitied. It's a well-known Glasgow venue for music and up-and-coming bands. Um, and we just felt a call to be back in there and uh, amongst the kind of people that, that we we are really and yeah, so, yeah of course and yeah. that kind of straddling the between being you know not of this world and absolutely of this world but obviously our experience of being in this world and knowing the kind of underbelly of that as well like these people are worked really hard and um you know if they're out flying they're up all night they sometimes have to take uh, substances to keep them awake and to keep them going um, and so eventually it gets to the point where, yeah, it looks like a lot of fun and it's the lifestyle that they're used to, but with that are a lot of pitfalls and a lot of things that they're not admitting and that they would assume um, that Christians were completely unaware of and we are not unaware of yeah. things. And it was, we know that we both came from that scene. Um, not necessarily, you know, not necessarily exactly the same thing, but we came from that scene. We're aware of that scene. We're friends with people that are still in that scene, so we know that there are ways that we can get alongside them without expecting anything in return. Um, and to not just say, you know, that's a really dark place you're in. We don't recognize it. It's to say, you know, we do. Sorry, our daughter's just dropped her lunch again. That, that's okay. I, I drop my lunch all the time. <laughs> so, yeah, it was just a way to sort of be in there and not be, um, yeah, pestering them necessarily with the gospel, but alongside them and talking about stuff and letting them realise that actually you can identify with us and we can identify with you. The only difference is, is that we now have the Holy Spirit. 
yeah, yeah. Um, so it was it was great. It was very very rewarding um, and interesting. Yeah, I, it's that thing about sort of rebuilding trust with with people, isn't it? That uh, we, we'd rather uh, lost that. You know, it takes time and uh, commitment to to find it again to rebuild the relationships and that idea that, that, that it's you're there with with some. It's worth you being there. You have something genuine uh, to offer that you're not there for anyway. I yeah, I, I love it. I I, I understand that. I. I mean, this is sort of the world you grew up in. Is this where you're from? Is that, the world that... you grew up in? Yeah. Um, are, you, are you from Glasgow? Uh, well, well, I was born in I was born in Glasgow, and um, yeah, I ended up living in Glasgow when I was well, kind of when I was older in my my early well mid to late twenties. I was in Glasgow for a short time. Um, Lindsay's we're, we're both kind of central belt. But Glasgow is somewhere we're very familiar with. Lindsay mm. was certainly very familiar with Edinburgh as well. Um, I think it was kind of around about the age when we were in our 20s, these pubs and clubs were very much our life. Um, it was where we would go, where we would socialise. It would be the, mu- the music that we liked would be played in these places. Um, so, it, so, yeah, it's not, as Lindsay was saying, it's not something we were unfamiliar with. And I think it goes back to, you know, one of our, um, I don't know what you call it, mantra whatever um is that we're being um being like us with christ to people like us without christ yeah um so it's just really i think this basic approach to mission and to mission is to just be yourself yeah like let christ shine through and follow his lead um as you spend time with people um so yeah it was it just seemed natural for us to go there and I think it gets to the heart of how this mission came about. It just Lindsay and I always felt like misfits, no matter where we were, yep. uh, no matter what job we were in. It's not that we, we didn't like people. It's not that we didn't like certain churches. It's just that there was never a fit. Um, and and I think we just realised that if we are like that, then there will be many more people who are like that. Um, and I think our heart just kind of was led towards people like us. And I think that ultimately, I think generally should should be the approach of most Christians is to go go to the people who are around you, who you relate to, uh, unless God calls you specifically to Africa or to a city or to a town. And in our experience, it's that God called us to really focus on people who were like us that the church maybe are not deliberately they're not deliberately not trying to reach them but maybe they're just not able to reach them yeah because yeah. either it's a traditional approach which is off putting to those people or it's a contemporary approach which is off putting to those people because they equate it with coldplay and starbucks and <laughs> Hey, know. what's wrong with Coldplay? Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. I think that's... <laughs> no, I'm not, I'm not a huge fan of Coldplay. <laughs> yeah, but no, it's not... <laughs> there may be someone out there who is. It's very much a sort of culture, and I think, it, again, born out of the fact that Stuart and I, I think, on first appearance, um, certainly, maybe not so much now, but we've got three kids and we need to be, you know, in this the school ground and, and whatever else, and at work. Um, yeah. The fact that we had piercings and tattoos and wore t-shirts with you know um that didn't have kind of 
um, Christian roots and things like that, like band t-shirts that people could identify with and stuff like that. In church, certainly for me, who was brought up unchurched, always felt very much like I stood out and that, you know, it kind of turned it on its head if we turn up in these places and we're like, yeah, we're we're hardcore for 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 Jesus, if you know what I mean. But yeah, kind of yeah. turn it on its head as to what a Christian looks like because there is a a preconceived notion as to what a Christian looks like, how a Christian dresses, what church would be like, and we were basically like saying, actually, God says, "Come as you are," and yeah. we are fully accepted by God and fully accepted um, as members of his church. So you don't have to put on a shirt and tie on a Sunday morning to be a Christian. You can come and be who you are as it's God looks at the heart. I think that was, I think it was surprising to people to find that we were Christians and that we had, we expressed ourselves in a very, um, a very similar way as to how they express themselves and yet we still were able to be Christian and live that life out. I mean, Lindsay, maybe maybe towards the end we can we can talk a little bit about what sustains you in yeah. in this sort of work. Uh, that would, maybe we'll get on on to that later. Um, but that's that's nice. It's good to hear, um, and um, you get a good picture of, of the sort of things that you've been doing. I mean, obviously, coronavirus, the pandemic, lockdown. I mean, that's the sort of things that you're involved in are, are seriously affected or were seriously affected yeah. by this. I, how's your experience of coronavirus been? In? Um, we would we're very thankful. Um, just for the benefit of the the listeners. Uh, our nine-month-old son is asleep on my tummy, and our four-year-old is uh, doing her best to be quiet, um, but but not being entirely successful. So just just in case anyone's wondering what the background noise is, um, coronavirus um, it certainly had its challenges for us um, mentally and emotionally at the early stage. I think like it did with most people that not been able to see family, um, but. In terms of God's provision, we have been very fortunate. Our uh, our work in schools has not been terribly affected. Um, do, do you want to say a little bit more about the work in schools then? You, you want us to tell you about that just now? No, just to sort of fill, it, fill in the picture, because, I mean, that is a, an important part of who you are and what you do, but oh, yeah, it's, not, sure. it's yeah. not what you've been talking about so far. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, I mean, we part of we. We basically teach mental health and sexual head, health education. Um, so it's sort of a small amount, small client base of schools who ask us to go in and teach on a variety of things. In my time, I've taught about um, self-harm, eating disorders, depression, anxiety, pornography, drugs and alcohol, yeah. um, self-esteem, uh, relationship building, resilience, Sexually transmitted infections, unplanned pregnancy, like uh, <laughs> lots of a uh, nice dinner conversational topics. Um, so we go in and we really just help kids to understand and young adults what these issues are, how they come about, um, and how how people get better, how people can avoid them, and and basically the ultimate aim is to try and give them hope uh, that there's a way out. 
and yeah. we actually use a lot of our own personal experience from uh, our own pasts, uh, struggles with various things in our throughout our teenage and teenage life and in our twenties. So, so that that's that's been kind of like what some people would refer to as tent making. You know, like Paul making tents to try. Yep, yeah, yeah. Yep. So it's always been there for the last five years where we do that. Um, but it, I mean, there's, a, there's an obvious connection and overlap with the other things that you've been doing, the discussion yeah. groups, the um, promotions, uh, the pub meetings and so on. It, it's a, this, These kids are going to become part of that community as they grow up, aren't they? Yes, absolutely. And I think that's one of the, especially with the music and art, like Lindsay, as Lindsay was saying about some of the people that work in these pubs and in these venues, um, mental health is uh, trying to maintain mental health when you're constantly around people who are getting drunk and taking recreational drugs um, and are maybe quite narcissistic uh, and also quite hedonistic. Um, there, are, there are always casualties uh, yeah. around that culture, which is what Lindsay and I were before Christ really intervened and, and saved us from ourselves. Um, is that that kind of hedonism and narcissism and uh, kind of throwing off shackles and just having fun uh, catches up on people. So, so yeah, our, our experience with the mental health and sexual health education certainly does overlap. Um, and it helps us, helps us a lot in understanding um, the people that maybe we've, we've met in the process of trying to set up events and put on gigs and stuff. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, as you, you call yourself on, on your website, I think I saw this, Scottish Missionaries in Scotland. Um, it's, it, it, you know, in terms of this sort of the, the, the context in which you're working, the people that, that you're in, encountering, the, the challenges that you face that, or that they're facing and that you're, you're talking to people about. I, 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 do you feel like... Uh, you know, on a routine basis, do you feel like missionaries then in that sense? Can you can you explain how that would be regarded as missionary activity? I mean, it's, it's a sort of wonderfully old fashioned word, missionary. Yeah. Uh, how does that work for you in the sort of context that you um, find yourselves in? Well, I guess we always saw it as because, well, we were kind of in churches and part of, you know, um, communities and things like that, we always I mean, we we noticed. I wouldn't say we felt. We noticed that there 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 was a lack of sort of alternative culture that wasn't necessarily um, at odds and exclusive to Christ or exclusive to Christianity. And um, one thing that always felt pressing um, for both of us was that there was so much room to worship God through art and through music and through different expressions the gifts that god has given every individual that has been created and finds himself on this earth um mm. the spiritual gifts sure but there are also natural talents that people that god has created us to enjoy and given us a sense of um taste and and likes dislikes and expression and we just felt that it was really it was either sorely lacking um and that kind of dimension was kind of ignored and there was a lot of fear surrounding that um like you know how are we going to do this so that it's not offensive to people how do we keep it traditional but bring it into the sort of contemporary um which we understood um and when you're you know um 
people were kind of worried about what that would look like. So Stuart and I always felt that there was a mission field in Scotland that just was not being tapped. Right. And that was the alternative scene. It was people who want to worship um, God. There are Christians that want to worship God, but they want to do that with punk music. There are people who want to worship God, but they want to do it whilst screaming into a microphone and having really loud metal music in the background, lots of drums, lots yeah, of... that sounds like my sort of thing. I, I, yeah, I mean, <laughs> yeah. yeah, so, I mean, there are some... I mean, people... There are either people who grasp it right away and are like, yep, I absolutely see that. I get, yeah. I get the vision. And there are other people who really don't get the vision and don't believe that there is enough of a mission field there to see any kind of return. Um, and Stuart and I being two people who have come out of that and as Christians who God has come in and, and saved, we know that there is a mission field. So we have always kind of been like, well, we are like missionaries because we are being kind of sent out. And there isn't an awful, there aren't an awful lot of places that you can go to and say, this is our vision. Um, you know, will you back us on this? It seems like God has put the right people in our way um, yeah. because we've got some amazing people around about us that are like, we totally get it. You guys are the are the ones to do this. And you're you're right. The, the, you're talking about local people in, in um, Stenhouse Muir in, Muir in the area or support well, from further even, afield? Even people like uh, from Communitas, I mean, even yourself saying there, you know, that sounds like my kind of thing. Um, and we've talked before. Yeah, that, that was a little tongue in cheek. You're doing a podcast with us, yeah, so that's you're, encouraging. Exactly. You're yeah, having us exactly. talk about it. it you, you see it as valuable, even if it's yeah. not partic- your particular brand of church or your particular brand of evangelism or, um, or ministry. Um, even people like um, Wes and Mike Kartika and, uh, um, you know, there's, and Mike. Uh, Sayers in the States. Um, he's obviously, our, I would say, our biggest fan in a lot of ways. Yeah, Michael Mary Sayers. Um, Just are... the context for them, they 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 uh, founded a church called Scum of the Earth Church in Scotland, in, in Denver, Colorado, which was the same name that we were using for a long time. Because it made sense. Um, but there's, what Lindsay's talking about, There's there, it's not new. There, uh, if you actually look in Germany, there's a thing called freak stock and in uh, america they had cornerstone festival and tom fest there's lots of churches all over the world who are similar to what Lindsay's talking about but that was just to give you context i might but, but i think just to to think about these kind of alternative bars where there are so many creative people so many people there that are that you know they want to talk about philosophies and theologies and they want to talk about atheism versus um christianity or um creation versus evolution and they want to talk about all these things and they're expressive in that and they're they're you know they 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 dress a little differently than what you might expect to find on a sunday morning in a in a typical church in glasgow or anywhere in scotland um and we're like you know what these people are worthy of god in the same way that all these people everybody else is yeah. And we can relate to these people. We have been these people. We are these people, but we have Jesus. So we felt in our heads and in our hearts, it was like God was giving us this vision that pubs and alternative venues and gigs and music and art and artistic people, the people that you've been naturally surrounded by all your kind of 
young adult into your adult life that's your mission field but you're not going to find them in one place it's basically a case of you know going to places finding people and um, being there on a regular basis showing your face talking to people I mean people are obviously cagey at first because you know um the Christianity automatically gives them the the fear that you're going to, you're basically there to try and convert there's a lot of um paranoia that you're there to manipulate and to um cleaning yourself up and, and you know looking like a completely different person on the inside and out um where they're uncomfortable whereas we know that actually Jesus will shine you up on the inside and on the out um but it doesn't necessarily mean that you're going to have to be a completely different person. Uh, so just to, um, well, what Lindsay's saying about the Scottish missionaries thing, I think uh, traditionally when I, I think of old ministry, missionaries like David Livingston, you think about someone going off to a different country and where they've never heard the gospel and they go in there with like a, a jungle knife and a, a Bible and that's it. And the primary and only goal is to teach them uh, the word of God. Um, but in my understanding, this is limited knowledge, but in my understanding, missionary work now, if you want to go off to Burma or even Japan or anywhere to be a missionary, you, as far as I know, they usually want doctors or engineers or um, someone with a, a trade or a skill that they can use to serve the community. Uh, and that, any Christian of of obvious Christian activity is um is part part of that process. So yeah. very much relational. Um the gospel is still very much the primary aim, but if you're gonna go somewhere, you need to let your light shine before men by serving the community. That seems to be something I've seen with a lot of missionary organizations and uh, I think when you look at missionary work in that way, I think it's actually what all Christians are called to do. And I think that it's one of the reasons we're uncomfortable with the term pioneer ministry, because I think it's actually just the call for every Christian. There's normal ministry. It's yeah, normal I think ministry. so. I think we're called to go where God asks us to go, which isn't always clear, but um, uh, we've we've followed this call for a number of years now, uh, and the vision I've had for must be what at least ten year old at least, um, and we've been trying different expressions of that. Another word I can't stand, but <laughs> but we all understand what it means: expressions of church and ministry. And I think that's what missionary work is. I think you go to uh, either go to a local location, a location. Or you go to where a people are, and just because yeah. of the way the world's changed so much, um, families are broken up. Um, people of different religions, uh, religions, different persuasions, are scattered all over the place. Scotland is not; it's full of Scottish people, but culture in Western Europe now, there is no one single Scottish culture, um, and especially when you look at social media. People are connecting with people around the world uh, more than they're connecting with people in their hometown uh, because that's where they feel comfortable. 
And going to Nice and Sleazy in Glasgow and to pubs in Bathgate, it's that's like going to a people. You might as well be going to a location. To a, 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 I think that's I think that's how I understand that the missionary thing that God's called us to to a people, just like most missionaries are called. It just so happens that the people we're called to are very much scattered. Um, whether they're Christian or not Christian, they're scattered throughout Scotland. And so we've had to find a way to um, bring those people to a central place or go to where they go, which is either either go to pubs or host mm. open events and art events, because that's where they're more likely to congregate and that's where we're more likely to make friends and have conversations and be able to offer encouragement and hope and hopefully um, introduce them to our friend Jesus. So that yeah. Do you, do you have a sense of, of, of what you would like to see coming out of this in the longer term? I, I mean, presumably once we, we sort of get beyond the pandemic and we can start uh, congregating in places again without fear, um, how, how would you like to see this developing? I, I mean, you, you could just remain there as a presence. You're sort of you're sort of a pastoral presence in there for for these yeah. for, in this sort of community. Do you see anything more sort of uh, I don't know, something more like a church emerging out of that? I think, uh, to be fair, in this whole journey that we've been on. Um, since we really decided to launch the the ministry and you know go out and you know be very deliberate about it, um, we found that a lot of the time we've had ideas and visions and you know gone out there and basically fulfilled that part, and then Stuart and I as people and dreamers and all these other things have tacked on this. Okay, this is where we would like to see it go. Mm-hmm. And at every turn, God has said, aha, wait, 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 wait. <laughs> I have not said to you, this is where it's going. I've asked you to do this. And right. then you have been obedient. Um, and so we're on to the next bit. So it's been, I think, uh, certainly missionaries, Christians everywhere, and any kind of ministry will be able to relate heavily to that, um, especially because, you know, you're, what you want to see are, so many people sort of picking up their cross and coming with you and, you know, seeing the light and being on fire for Jesus. And, you know, this vision, uh, you know, grows arms and legs. And um, that is kind of the ultimate. Um, so we have this, we, over this period of definitely 10 years, had to continue to manage our expectations and let God really sometimes cut us off from what's coming next um, to encourage us where we are but to not necessarily reveal the next part um, so yes we do we would love to see um, a community of musicians and artists who get together on a regular basis especially you know even with covid because there are so many things that you can do with technology but being with people is a is is so much better. Being around them and being with them and able to, yeah. um, you know, have that human contact is so important for people. Um, we would love to see a regular band of people who bring one or two people along every now and again, and it grows and it grows. And we have bands that we know well who were able to 
get slots for in different places and to get bigger and to you know the hope would be that they would see that really this grew out of the fact that two people really loved Jesus and wanted to bless people mm. you know not necessarily convert them um, because we know that we can't convert um, that's not our business that's God's but to just be around and be alongside people and to create opportunities for them um, and yeah just to see those communities grow and more people added to the conversations and to have you know experts in certain fields if we're doing what is truth we're talking about conspiracy theories or even you know coronavirus and things like that I mean Christians that are able to come in we, we've talked with we had at one what is truth we had a chemist and a physicist one was a Christian the other was not and it made for uh, incredible interesting conversation yeah. yeah I mean it was it was it was great it was yeah. like this is these are two minds the only real difference here is certainly not their academia or their intellect it's simply one of them sees it through the lens of Christianity and the Holy Spirit the other one does not um, but is it, just, just to sort of go back sorry, sorry Lindsay I, okay. I, I mean this rings true to me this thing about being patient uh, and, and sort of holding up, uh, holding off on sort of expecting that sort of immediate fulfilment of some uh, grand vision for, for for what you're doing. I I do you know, that going back to this sort of rebuilding trust thing uh, at a cultural level. This this is t- you can rebuild trust perhaps with an individual uh, in a, in a fairly short period of time, but with a culture, it, it takes a very long period of time decades maybe longer than that it's so my sense is that that what we're doing with this sort of thing is that that very slow patient painful yeah. uh diligent work of of rebuilding trust with a with a culture that has turned its you know turned away from christianity historically and and so on um but in terms of sort of how how do you see you know how you fit into what the church is in Scotland what it's trying to do in Scotland how it's changing are you uh do you feel that you're part of a solution to this whole thing or very much sort of just out on a limb somewhere doing your own thing um I mean I think the thing is I don't know what the church is trying to do in Scotland because um the church is so varied in Scotland I think I would a positive outlook would be to say that every church is trying to glorify God and is trying to um, represent him well. And within the church, we disagree with each other on that, sometimes to the point where we think you're actually doing our church a disservice by being the way you are. Mm. And then the other church thinks, well, you're doing a disservice to the Lord by being the way you are. Um, so. But I think if we look at it with grace and mercy towards one another, uh, we recognise that we're all brothers and sisters and we're all, whether we're right or wrong on our interpretations and some of these things, ultimately people are generally trying to glorify God and do what they think yeah. is right, generally. Um, I'm not saying that we should welcome apostasy and meanness into the church, but I, I think generally speaking, I would hope that most churches are trying to do that and that most of the arguments are over peripheral or secondary issues. Um, so I would say we fit in with that. 
that we're trying to do the same thing. We're trying to glorify God. We're trying to be a light in the world. Um, and we're trying to be members of God's family. Um, and that doesn't mean we have to join a church and be part of a, an institution. Um, but by being at, at, at least friendly and aware of the other ministers and ministries that are happening in Scotland, that that's a good basis to start. Well, I mean, you're, you're building trust in two directions, aren't you? You, you build trust with the church and yeah. with the, the, um, the, that sort of part of section of society that you're hanging out with. Yeah, yeah. I think the, the the image that always comes to me um, about what we do, and I, I definitely think because it is so consistent and I, I see it over and over again, especially when we're kind of in the pit of despair as where's this going to go or be wasting our time. Mm. Um, I always see this image of Stuart and I basically we're, we're, we're up on a wall and in the middle of this wall, um, like kind of circular, like almost like there's sections to it. And we are sitting on the wall um, and we have one foot, um, we're able to see one side, which is the church. I mean, we are very much a part of the church. We are Christian. We can identify with the church. We can identify with other Christians and the ministry and what we're supposed to be doing in relationship with Christ. But we also know that there are other people on the other side of the wall. We basically just want to give them, we want to take the ones that really want to find out what's on the other side of the wall, take them from uh, that, the sort of alternative, don't know God, things are very dark kind of side of things, and show them that actually we can. We are the sort of the on on the fence almost, but not in both camps. If that makes sense, it's hard to describe. No, I mean I, I think it's a brilliant image. I love it. Yeah, like that. Actually, we we know both, and that we are able to pull. We really want to pull people out of one side and say to them, "Look, you do belong. You're not. Mm. You're not destined to be stuck here. You don't have to change anything." And we're kind of, yeah, we're not fully immersed um in traditional um week to week bible studies alpha courses kind of church but we're also certainly not out there just in the world lost we're very much yeah, we're not we're, we're not liberal and yeah we, we're we interpret our world through the bible not the bible through the world yep. yeah yeah um, and so we always get this image that is kind of like look you have to sit up here and be kind of the bridge between both. That's what I've asked you to do. Um, and again and again, I'm reminded of that. And I'm like, okay, when you, because often we don't feel like we fit in either group because we are a part of both groups or we can identify with both groups more. To the yeah, point. or you're part of neither group. And yet, yeah, because exactly. you're up on, up on <laughs> that wall. <laughs> you feel like in betweeners. And again, it's almost yeah. like God said, you know, this feeling of being a misfit, well, yeah. that's deliberate. I mean the nice sorry I mean the nice thing about the wall metaphor I think I prefer that to the bridge because a bridge you can sort of see from one side to the other the, yes. the wall yeah. sort of it's the point is that you people can't see exactly. through the wall yeah uh and it's uh, that's very good but it, it's uh you know it's demanding and you you talk about times when uh you, you it's depressing you get depressed you get uh, and I you don't know whether you're doing the right thing. You, you that sort of self-questioning doubt yeah. must 
is inevitable. That comes with sitting up on a wall, feeling isolated and precarious, and uh, are we going to fall off one way or the other or whatever? How what has kept you going, uh, really, in, in, through this? What and and I mean, I guess sort of what has kept you going. Well, what do you feel are the qualities or the the, the spiritual resources, um, the practical resources that are uh, are needed for this sort of thing, and and maybe I can just sort of tag on a question to that. I, it, what sort of help and support do you feel you need locally in in terms of what you're doing? Are, are you uh, pretty much self sufficient, or would it be good? To, would you welcome people to come and work with you more? Well, I mean, um, I'm trying to remember the question. Yeah. <laughs> uh, the the qualities, I think, uh, faith has to be the the primary thing for everything that you do in life, uh, and especially with this, because there are constant questions coming from from those who you would maybe would consider enemies, uh, but you've also got got them coming from people who love you, mm. challenging questions. Wouldn't it be better if you did this? Wouldn't it be better mm. if you did that? Um, we're just concerned about, you know, you guys. Like, have you tried this? Have you tried that? And and to always have in your head the answer, that's not what we're meant to do. It's difficult because you're you you you're, you leave yourself open to people thinking that you are just pig-headed, that you're just blinkered. When actually, uh, what you really want to do is say, I'd love to just go to this church and take my kids along and. Uh, and just have a, a regular, what would be obvious Christian ministry, where we're feeding the poor and we're uh, working with the people in the really rough areas of our of our neighbourhood. There's a lot to be, a lot of benefits in terms of how people see you and your ministry when you're doing something that that looks successful as a ministry, that looks like. Uh, what people understand. So yeah, it's very traditional, a traditional way of doing ministry, and what people who are not Christian would expect to see from Christians. You know, yeah. feeding the poor and helping people out, and um, you know, being in amongst that. Uh, and as as Stuart says, it's it's the kind of the perseverance where we're asking ourselves the same questions. Yeah. Um, and God again and again and again will bring us back to. Like, you know, this isn't what you expected it to look like, but that is the nature of what I've asked you to do. I don't think there's anyone who's in ministry that thinks, yeah, this is exactly how I expected it to go. This is exactly what I wanted. Um, God and I are completely simpatico on this. Um, I mean, without if, if that's where you are, it doesn't take a great amount of faith because you can see what's in front. It's actually having faith in what is unseen. Yeah. Um. And so I think, yeah, when Stuart says faith, that's definitely what's gotten us through. Um, the fact that we we have faith in God, but we all, our son has wakened up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're going to be drawing to a close fairly fairly soon. If uh, this that may be a, a a signal there that we need to to wrap this up. Um. Yeah, yeah. I mean, do you are you happy on your own? Do you need people to work with you? Well, I mean, what? Yeah, I mean, I mean, maybe that's an unfair question to ask. No, it's not unfair at all, Andrew. Uh, um, I think it's a value. It's, it's what ever our pastor, the, the uh, 
with Mike and Mary Sears who watch over us. They've they're so keen for us to have a team, uh, to have to have a like, and, and it's not been through lack of trying and, and pursuing mm-hmm. different avenues, um, because just the same reason you're asking the question, you know, you want to make sure that people that are doing missionary work or ministry that are not really part of a a body that's there constantly, um, you want to make sure they're doing okay and, um. So I think that's where the faith has kicked in. Like we we have the support um, in terms of our pastors, but we also have Christians that we know we could turn to. Yeah. Um, and if we were really in a tight spot, in terms of would we want help? We used to. There used to be teams would come over from Denver, um, from Scum of the Earth, and they would help out at the Glasgow City Mission. But they would also come and fellowship with us and be involved in any activities we were doing. And it was always welcome, um, mm. and so at the moment, obviously things are not. There's no demand to have a, a bunch of people coming alongside to be minister ministering with us at, at present. Um, but we would all minister. Our ministry would always benefit from more people like us who are Christian, contributing artistically and creatively to sick promotions, uh, to come along to uh, meetings and have discussions with us and bring their friends to discuss the weird and wonderful uh, and maybe the odd person to put up little um, devotions or words or thoughts for our websites. So there's always room in our ministry for people to contribute. And I think we're at that process just now of trying to make that easier and make it yeah. more um, understand easier to understand for people. This is the this is what we do, this is how we do it. Um, and here is how you can contribute. I think God has been very gracious to us also in this time of our life where we have three young children. Um, and we basically, you know, like all parents of young kids kind of constantly wonder how we don't have things together and why everything seems so manic and why things don't seem so organized but i think god's been very gracious in the fact that he's orchestrated it so that it is actually manageable um in regards to our home life and to our obviously our first ministry which would be one another and our children um and he has provided christians that we have dotted around who are our kind of our community um they just don't happen to not all be in the one place or the one country um and when we did put on our sick promotions christmas carol service an alternative christmas carol service last year he provided christians that we know and love who came along and helped us out with sound equipment you know they came along and they performed they helped us out with logistics and little bits and pieces and those times, that's where we really need help because we do have three kids. We have our own business. Yeah. Um, and we have, you know, I do prayer ministry and um, basically uh, fellowshipping and ministering via messaging and um, Skype and things like that to kind of in between doing our events or our What is Truth. So he has actually created a team of people who are round about us who have known us or even don't know us that he basically just puts in and says, look, here's someone who's 
willing to come and serve alongside you and be another person who has the Holy Spirit there who will contribute, who's not necessarily evangelizing overtly, but just with their very presence are helping out with the ministry and part of it. They clearly believe in it, which is which is great. Because yeah, what, what we need is people that the people we're trying to reach will respect. Because that that's I think one of the questions I think you'd sent us before the podcast was you know challenges and stuff like that that we're facing, and one of the challenges is a lack of respect for Christianity, uh, either through Christianity's fault, but actually more to do with um, an increase in um, things like New Atheism and a more evangelical humanism. Um, so yeah, we always need more people like Lindsay's talking about these friends to be involved who who are gifted, who are kind, who are understanding, and who understand the people we're trying to serve and bless. So, so yeah, so on one hand, we don't need anyone at the moment in terms of, like, we are self-sufficient, but when we start really pushing our websites and start pushing our events and start returning to events, then, yeah, we need contributors. We need people to help. And if God manages to bring along, like, co-pastors or whatever you want to call them. Yeah, of course, yeah. Then praise yeah. the Lord. Um, no, I do actually want to say something about the vision that you asked, if that's okay. Um, I mean, in the, the short term, I think that is the vision. More people contributing. Our website's getting visits. Uh, people responding to our messages. More of what Lindsay's seeing through our prayer ministry. People actually contact Lindsay now for prayer, for advice, for help. Who so, are not Christian. Who are not Christian. So more of that. And I think that's what we all want for our churches. I mean, but you, to be able to sort of tell this story, I, I, I mean, I've loved listening to this, listening to you sort of talk about what you do uh, today and, and previously. I mean, a big part of this is, you know, telling a good story about what you're doing. Now, this, uh, I understand this thing about faith. Uh, it, it, this is the sort of circumstance where, where faith becomes you know, it's not just my personal faith that's gonna gonna get me saved. This is this is that vision for what God is doing through you uh, over a long period of time, uh, and with that comes all the uncertainties and all the the questions and uh, the ups and downs and everything else. But it is a it's a compelling story, and I appreciate the fact that you've taken the time, uh, you and your kids there, to uh, to tell it to us. It was a, a great. Listen, I really enjoyed listening to what you had to say, and I hope others will too. So uh, I'll just say thank you very much to all of you there. Well, thank you. Thanks so much for asking us and giving us ample time to talk. <laughs> <laughs> well, hello and uh, hello and thank you to anyone who listens. Yes, indeed. We hope it's a blessing. And, yeah. So exactly. thank you, Andrew. God bless. Okay. You.